Happy Saturday. This is Andrew, and you're listening to Apostate JW. Last week, we explored the early history of the Jehovah's Witnesses between their first two presidents, Pastor Charles Taze Russell and Joseph Franklin Rutherford. We also looked at a few of their core beliefs and how they compare with mainline Christianity. This week, we will continue the series and look at some more core beliefs of the Watchtower and how their truths compare with the real truth of the Bible. When you think of salvation, what is it that you think of? Do you picture Christ giving up his human life on the cross and gifting his followers the ability to be saved and freed from our sins and forgiven in God's eyes? Or do you think Christ's sacrifice is a reward for not only exercising faith, but also having to put in the fine works of an organization? This was one of the hardest parts of waking up that I had to do. I had felt betrayed and at the same time as if I was betraying something core about myself as I had grown up believing the Watchtower's interpretation of James 2 verse 14 through 26. Of what benefit is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but he does not have works? That faith cannot save him, can it? If any brothers or sisters are lacking clothing, and enough food for the day. Yet one of them says, Go in peace, keep warm, and well fed. But you do not give them what they need for their body. Of what benefit is it? So too, faith by itself without works is dead. Nevertheless, someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, do you? You are doing quite well, and yet the demons believe and shudder. But do you care to know, O empty man, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father declared righteous by works after he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that his faith was active along with his works, and his faith was perfected by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham put faith in Jehovah, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he came to be called Jehovah's friend. You see that a man is to be declared righteous by works and not by faith alone. In the same manner was not Rahab the prostitute also declared righteous by works after she received the messenger's hospitality and sent them out by another way? Indeed, just as the body without spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. The way Jehovah's Witnesses will interpret this is saying that in order to receive salvation, we must have faith in Jesus, change our lives to befit God's moral principles, and proselytize God's word through door-to-door ministry, placing magazines and books published by the Watchtower as Bible aids, and conducting at-home Bible studies. Okay, some are saying yes, that sounds like that is correct. However, If you remember in the episode on baptism, we discussed that you are getting baptized in the name of the organization of Jehovah's Witnesses. The Watchtower is very careful in their language to say that it is not earned. However, their counter language says that it is a reward. Well, what is the difference between a reward and a gift? Don't they mean the same thing? Oxford Languages says a reward is a thing given in recognition of one's service, effort, or achievement. On the other hand, a gift is defined by Oxford languages as a thing given willingly to someone without payment, 
a present. Romans 6.23 says, For the wage of sin pays is death, but the gift God gives is everlasting life by Christ Jesus our Lord. As Christians, we are to receive God according to John 1 verse 12. However, to all who did receive him, he gave authority to become God's children because they were exercising faith in his name. We are also told to do as John 10.27 says, My sheep, listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. This means we allow Christ to direct our attitudes, actions, and associations. We are to learn what it is Christ wants of us and follow through with it according to 1 John 2 verse 3. And by this we realize that we have come to know him, namely, if we continue observing his commandments. Part of this would be, yes, preaching the word and bringing those into his fold, not through the false teachings of an organization, but through the teachings of Christ found directly in the Bible. Who or what is the Holy Spirit? Is it God's active force or a divine being? In John 14, verse 17 of the New World Translation, we see the spirit of the truth, which the world cannot receive because it neither sees it nor knows it. You know it because it remains with you and is in you. However, in the King James Version, it reads, Even the spirit of the truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. In the English Standard Version, Even the spirit of the truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him, nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, and will be in you. We see a difference in these three translations. The New World Translation, which is a translation the Jehovah's Witnesses use, refers to the Holy Spirit as it. The King James Version and the English Standard Version both refer to the Holy Spirit as he. We see further evidence that the Holy Spirit is a being in the fact that he can feel emotion. We see that he can grieve and display emotion in Ephesians 4, verse 30 and 32. Also, do not be grieving God's Holy Spirit, with which you have been sealed for a day of releasing by ransom. Put away from yourselves every kind of malicious bitterness, anger, wrath, screaming, and abusive speech, as well as everything injurious. But become kind to one another, tenderly compassionate, freely forgiving one another, just as God also by Christ freely forgave you. The Jehovah's Witnesses teach that the Holy Spirit is God's active force, and they cite Micah 3 verse 8, which reads, As for me, I am filled with power by the Spirit of Jehovah, and justice, and might, to tell Jacob his revolt, and to Israel his sin. In Luke 1 verse 35, In answer the angel said to her, Holy Spirit will come upon you, and power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the one who is born will be called Holy, God's Son. They say God sends out His Spirit to any place to accomplish His will. They reference the Hebrew and Greek words Ruach and Numa, saying these words are referenced also to 
breath, wind, a person's animating force, a person's attitude, and spirit persons. So can we send our breath out to accomplish our will? What about our soul? Can that be sent away from our bodies to do just as we say? One may certainly say our attitudes can accomplish something. However, we're not talking about God's attitude here. Let's put this into perspective that would be easier to understand. Imagine you're a manager. You have tasks that need to be accomplished within a time frame. To meet that time frame, you wouldn't send out your breath, soul, or attitude in your place to meet that goal. Instead, you delegate your authority to someone to carry out some of these tasks. Just the same, God will send his Holy Spirit, part of the Holy Trinity, to accomplish his will. The Holy Spirit comforts us. In John 14, verse 16 and 26, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, which the Father will send in my name, that one will teach you all things and bring back to your minds all the things I told you. He guides us in John 16, verse 13. However, when that one comes, the spirit of the truth, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but what he hears, he will speak, and he will declare you the things to come. We see him living within us, as seen in John 14, verse 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever the spirit of the truth, which the world cannot receive because it neither sees it nor knows it. You know it because it remains with you and is in you. He exposes our sins as seen in John 16, verse 7 and 8. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I am going away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I do go, I will send him to you. And when that one comes, he will give the world convincing evidence concerning sin and concerning righteousness and concerning judgment. All these things an active force wouldn't be able to do, but a person or a being would accomplish. Therefore, the Holy Spirit fits the definition of a being. Last week, we discussed the New World Translation and how the Jehovah's Witnesses feel it is even more inspired by God. They also feel the only way to attain Christian enlightenment is only through the use of their publications. As a Jehovah's Witness, you may not just study the Bible alone because you will not be able to fully understand it. This contradicts the original belief of Pastor Russell, who, as we saw last week, wanted the Bible students to believe and obey so far as you can understand God's word today and so continue growing in grace and knowledge and love day by day. This ideology began to change with J.F. Rutherford soon after him becoming president of the Watchtower Society and the release of The Finished Mystery. As we have come into the age of the internet, the governing body has been very vocal to remain vigilant in the studies of the Watchtower Society, even during the pandemic and the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. 
The governing body during their JW Broadcasting monthly vlog has advised members to refrain from watching world news and turn their attention to the news distributed at their meetings and vlogging services. Again, this is becoming very reminiscent of the first century Pharisees, as well as other modern day cults, such as the Church of Scientology. Myself being college educated, when I study for school or anything else, I will do my research and verify what I am reading with the most relevant information possible. The Watchtower does claim to do the same thing. Relevant, according to Oxford language, is appropriate to the current time period or circumstances of contemporary interest. When we look at citations used by the Jehovah's Witnesses to claim their points, we see the use of very outdated information to support claims. We've already covered some of these in other episodes. One of these, for example, is the use of 607 BCE, which has long been debunked as being incorrect and misleading date for the fall of Jerusalem. Another example would be the use of blood and to the Watchtower still using 30 to 40 year old journals to prove their point. How much has changed in medical treatment in the last 30 to 40 years? So why can't relevant information be used to support a claim? There is a strong possibility because the claims that the witnesses are making have no current historical, scientific, or theological support, so they resort to using old reference material. They will even modify a citation that criticizes the organization by using something positive out of the quote and saying, see, look, this person said we did well. As a witness, if you question the governing body, you are in a sense of questioning God, since the governing body is allegedly ordained by God to communicate his will amongst his people. So members don't fact check the information that is being cited to them as being the truth. Jehovah's Witnesses do believe in a form of separation or shunning called disfellowshipping. According to the September 8, 1996 edition of Awake magazine, it is a loving arrangement. It upholds God's name, citing 1 Peter 1, 15, and 16. But like the Holy One who called you, become holy yourselves in all your conduct. For it is written, you must be holy, because I am holy. It keeps the congregation safe, according to 1 Corinthians 5, verse 11. But now I am writing you to, to stop keeping company with anyone called a brother who is sexually immoral, or a greedy person, or an idolater, or a reveler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even eating with such a man. Protects individual members of the congregation, found in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12. So let the one who thinks he is standing beware that he does not fall. And a way to return to God. As hard as it was, said one Christian who was expelled for a time, the discipline was necessary and much needed, and it proved to be life-saving. This highlights another important aspect of disfellowshipping. It can move previously unrepentant sinners to take their first steps back to God. What I have personally seen of those who are disfellowshipped, they are allowed to still attend meetings. Many of them will come after or during the first song as they are not allowed to have the fellowship of other members until they are reinstated as a Jehovah's Witness. They promptly leave during or after the last prayer. They are not allowed to participate in meetings by either giving parts from the stage or commenting during open discussions of the meetings. According to the Shepherd the Flock book, 
Disfellowshipping occurs when a member has done wrongdoing, and if a wrongdoer lacks genuine repentance, he should be disfellowshipped. The committee should inform him of this decision and express their hope that he will change his ways and in time qualify to return to Jehovah's organization. They then cite 2 Corinthians 2, verse 6 and 7. This rebuke given by the majority is sufficient for such a man. Now you should instead kindly forgive and comfort him so that he may not be overwhelmed by excessive sadness. On the topic of disfellowshipping, I will only offer the facts of what the governing body says and what I have seen of those who are disfellowshipped. There are mixed feelings regarding this topic, and I will not use my beliefs to offend those who feel differently. Listen next week as we look into the celebrations Jehovah's Witnesses are allowed to celebrate and which they are not, and the reasons behind them. I would like to thank my listeners this week as we have surpassed 100 plays. I have also noticed that only do we have listeners in just the United States, but in Puerto Rico, Australia, Sweden, Mexico, Slovakia, and Canada. Thank you all so much for your support and continued listening. Please remember, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or would like to share your own story, please feel free to contact me at apostatejw at gmail.com.